Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I'm so excited to be talking about all things social media and especially on Instagram. And today, I have a very special guest with me, Sarah Hansen. She's the CEO of Hansen Collective, and she's a social media expert. So she's a perfect guest to have on with me today. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And can you please take a moment to introduce yourself? Yes. So as you know, I'm Sarah Hansen. Hansen, own Hansen Collective, which is a full service social media management company. And when I say full service, I literally mean everything full service. So from content strategy, content creation, scheduling, managing your pages, everything under the umbrella of social media, me and my team handle. And yeah, we we focus mostly on Instagram strategies. Wonderful. Well, Sarah, I'm so glad to talk with you because I've just been so impressed with your work and I've seen, you know, you have so many clients, they're so diverse. And so I really like to talk to people who really know the platform. And a lot of my clients, they're speakers and authors and they're consultants. And so Instagram can be very influential for them. And I think that there's kind of a divide where I think maybe you have the people who know that they should be doing Instagram, but they don't really get it. And then you have the people who are doing it, but maybe they're not doing it the right way. And the thing that frustrates me the most is in my work with Instagram is that I know that if you do it the right way, it can actually grow your business and you can find new clients and really use that as a good source of prospecting. But I also know it's easy to fall into the trap of creating a lot of content that doesn't get you any results. And so I don't like to see that because I just feel so bad, you know, people spending so much money and time on creating all this content. And if they're not getting results, then, you know, what do you kind of say to people in that situation? Yeah. So Instagram kind of has like a twofold strategy. So the first side would be, you need to have a cohesive branding strategy in place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of your graphics need to feel like they fit with your brand, you know, and make sure that they can be recognizable over time so that when your posts are showing up on the feed, people will instantly recognize it um, and associate it with you and your business and your brand. And I think that's where you see a lot of people falling flat is they don't really have that together. And so people are able to recognize their posts and associate that information and and that knowledge with them as they consume it. So one side would be the branding side of things. And then the other side would be your actual content strategy. And I think when people aren't seeing results, they either don't have a content strategy and they're just going to Instagram every day and posting with whatever's on their mind, which sometimes is good because it can feel authentic. However, when you're doing that every day, there's no real plan. Mm -hmm. So when you have a content, and another issue I see is people promoting too much. Every post is just a promotion. Like mm-hmm. sign up for this, buy this. And it's people don't want to be sold to on Instagram. They're there to learn. They're there to get tips. They're there to see, you know, what you're up to. So you're wanting to make sure that part of your content strategy for Instagram isn't just promo posts or selling every time. You're going to want to be giving more value and education because you want people to feel like, wow, I'm getting so much value from this person without even buying into them. Like imagine what I can get when I do pay for their services or when I do buy their book. That makes a lot of sense. So you said that people are usually promoting too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
that brings up two questions. One, how often should people be posting? And then two, how many of those posts should be a promotional post? So it really depends on what you have going on specifically within your business. So if you have a big launch coming up or you're releasing a book or a podcast or whatever, Mm -hmm. obviously your posting frequency is going to increase and also your promotional posts are going to increase. Okay. I would say like if you out of in, in four posts, one of those should be a promo post. So okay. think about other things you can post that could possibly relate back to the topic, whether it be like a motivational quote, whether it be, um, we like to call them carousel posts, where you kind of swipe and there's multiple okay. slides of information, mm-hmm. infographics, anything like that. I would highly suggest sharing what we call highly engageable content. So that would be like memes, That could be really anything that people are going to want to either share to their friends, save to look at later, comment on, like, et cetera, anything that people are going to want to engage with most. Because when you when you entice people to do that, it actually boosts your post placement in the algorithm and more people will then continue to see. Okay, that makes sense. So. That reminds me of another thing. I was just talking about this with a client and I said, content marketing, it's kind of three-pronged, right? You have to create it, you have to manage it, and then you have to grow it, Mm -hmm. right? If you have somebody who's just kind of doing it by themselves, or maybe they have one or a couple of people helping them, what's kind of your split that you suggest that they spend their time doing between creating, managing, and growing it? So I always, and what my team actually does for our clients is we batch work everything. Okay. So we will, and this is kind of a guessment depending on the client, but we will do like spend two hours creating like the graphics and the imagery for an entire month of posts. Okay. And then it'll take about an hour, an hour and a half to writing the captions, but all at once. And when you batch work, as I'm sure you know, you can really stay in that zone of genius and make sure that you're like, keeping a cohesive strategy throughout everything you're working on. Um, So we, you know, batch work the graphics, batch work the copy. And then I would highly suggest getting some sort of scheduling tool um, Mm -hmm. so that you can schedule out the month of content in advance. We use later.com, like the time later, Mm -hmm. um, L-A-T-E-R.com. They have a free version. I know if you just are using it on like Facebook and Instagram or something like that. Okay. Um, So schedule everything at once. So that's like another hour. And then I suggest in terms of like engagement, going onto your platform for 15 to 30 minutes a day and just going and engaging with posts on your feed and tapping into the platforms of your ideal clients and engaging there and just really kind of showing Instagram and proving to them that you are not just like a robot, like churning out content, but there's actually a human there that is interested in engaging with other people. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And what's your opinion on posting posts to the feed or posting to stories? How much time should you be dedicating to each? So I would say you should really spend a lot more time in your stories because recent research has shown in the past year that more people actually spend time watching their stories and less time scrolling their feed. I would say... If you're not posting on Instagram at all right now, posting, you know, three to four times a week um, would be good. And then making sure that you're showing up in your stories every day. I like to do in my stories, I do a lot of mini trainings. So I'll pick like a hot topic and just like talk about it in my stories a little bit. Or you can, you know, share what you're doing during the day, share a talking point that you might have had with a 
client, anything like that, that is just kind of like a little snack of information and knowledge that you can share. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I like that doing a mini training in the stories. I think they're really fun. And like, you just, it's already information, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's probably information that you already have in another piece of content, Mm -hmm. but you know, not everyone is seeing your content every time it's posted only about like 10% of your followers will see um, posts on your feed. And so you can reshare that information in stories. You can share it like if it was a post that did really well three months ago, why not revamp it and add a little more like nuggets of information and then repost it? You know, not everyone is seeing these things all the time. So it makes sense to repurpose stuff. That makes a lot of sense. And then also... Again, I know some of my clients are more familiar with Instagram than others, but when you're posting to Instagram, there's a few different kinds of posts that you can do, right? You could do a photo, you could do a video. They have IGTV, which is basically like YouTube on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have Reels on Instagram, which is basically like TikTok on Instagram. So those are the short video clips. Now, I've seen that since Reels are newer, right? that if you start doing more reels, doesn't that get your account more exposure or Instagram's liking people who's doing more reels because they're testing out the new feature, right? Instagram is definitely favoring people who are doing more reels. It's because like they want more people to participate in it, but also because they know that their audience and people on Instagram really enjoy watching them. So Instagram is just uh, rewarding you for for providing content that people like to engage with. And reels are really fun. If you are nervous to do them, they don't, like you see all these reels with music and dances and you're like, oh gosh, I did not, that's not my image. I did not want to be silly. You don't have to do that. I do both, but I post a lot of reels where I'm literally just giving tips. Mm-hmm. Um, no music, like no dances. I just talk with it, but it, it provides like shortcuts. Okay. So just like 30 seconds of some quick tips. And then I'm like, if you want to learn more about it, I have a blog, like go to my website. And that just kind of pushes people, you know, to your other platforms where you have more information about it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I really think the big thing that's hard for a lot of my clients is that Instagram just requires a lot of time, doesn't it? It, it can. Um, it really just depends on, again, like if you're doing a batch working plan. So that saves you a lot of time with coming up with like the daily posts and like your daily story topics. So then it just is up to you to go on and spend, you know, 30 minutes doing it that day. And also something to note is you should really pay attention if you're going to do an Instagram strategy, pay attention to your insights because you can see when your audience is most online and if your audience like does not really do anything on Wednesdays and Sundays, then you don't really need to show up then, you know, like it doesn't have to be every day. You just have to pay attention to when your audience is there and then show up then. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. So if somebody is first starting off on Instagram or they want to take it more seriously with their their strategy, let's say when they're setting up their profile, which I think is, you know, the first place where you have to make sure that your profile is set up in the right way so that when clients are looking for you or you're doing prospecting on there that, you know, you're really promoting your business and communicating clearly. So can you describe how people need to set up their profile? 
Yeah, so you can think of your profile a lot like a general marketing funnel. Mm -hmm. So your bio is where they're just going to learn about you. It's your brand awareness. So in your bio, you're going to want to write who you are, what you do, and how you can help whoever is viewing your page. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously, you're going to want to have your link to like site or your blog or podcast or whatever there. There's also tools, you know, that you can put multiple links. And then you kind of move down. So like you have the funnel, you move down into the engagement phase. And that's where like highlights are. And highlights are saved stories that will last longer than 24 hours. Um, and so a good thing to put there is just some slides about your services as another section that's just about you in general. I've seen people do a section for testimonials. So anything that just kind of like engages the audience and teaches them more about you and what you do. And then you should really just have in your posts, just furthering the engagement, furthering your thought leadership, why you're the expert in your field and why they should trust you. Hopefully then you have a few of those promotional posts placed around. Okay, that's good. So you have your handle name, right? And then below that, below your picture, you have another chance to put your name, right? And so what do people usually use that section for? Or how should they use that section? So it's really up to you. But I would say, personally, what I do and what I do with my clients is I put what I do slash who I am. So mine right now says social media expert. Mm -hmm. And that's because when I go to watch people's stories, it's not necessarily your name that's going to show up. It's that kind of like second name mm -hmm. so if I'm watching someone news story that is like someone that I'm trying to engage with and you know hopefully invite to my community they see oh a social media expert and then it just kind of entices like curiosity so they'll mm -hmm. want to come through and learn more about me so yeah. I would say just putting something that relates to your title and what you do there exactly right because that's kind of the area where they can it's kind of like the search bar or where you can put your category so Okay, so let's say we've got the profile set up, we have our keywords in our introduction, and we're kind of pointing them down to our website, our podcast, our book, and all of that, whatever we choose for that to be. And then our posts are all branded, we're getting into the stories, we're really interacting, we're doing mini trainings, and let's say all that's set up. Now, moving on to the growth part, which is where... I mean, doing all of that is a lot of work. And then once it's all set up, how are you actually going to grow this thing? What kind of tips do you give people to just start finding more of their target clients and kind of more people that they want to engage with? So that also comes with a couple different parts. One of that would be in your hashtag strategy. Okay. Um, you're going to want to be posting up to 30 hashtags with each post. And I like to kind of hide them in the first comment so that you're your um, caption doesn't really look spammy. It's clean and clear. Okay. That's a, but um, yeah, you want to have hashtags and these are going to want to be viral hashtags, popular hashtags and industry related hashtags. Okay. Um, you're going to want to have a couple different, I call them hashtag clouds. So a couple different set of the 30 hashtags um, that relate to your brand pillars. I'm sure that everyone within their brand has a couple different topics that they work with or different mm -hmm categories. So you want to make sure they relate to those. And then as you are posting, you're going to want to make sure the correct hashtag cloud that relates to it is there. And hashtags work because people a lot of times will be like searching for something specific that might be related to your topic. And they'll search the hashtag and then all of a sudden your post comes up in discovery. So that's one way to attract new followers. And then another way that really works for growing your following is 
think about who your competitors are or um, accounts that are really similar to you or maybe accounts that have a similar audience to your audience or your ideal client. And mm-hmm. you go to those profiles and then you click on their followers and you just kind of like start going in and engaging with those accounts, whether that be, you know, like photos, leaving a thoughtful comment, not just, you know, an emoji or one word, like actually like putting thought into things following them if you if you feel so inclined um, because that's the easiest way to find your ideal client is just going to people that have similar audiences and engaging right. with them and then the hope is that they will then go to your pri- profile because it's kind of new to them mm-hmm. and they'll go and they'll see oh look at this nice bio that's written out oh like let me look at these testimonials oh look at all this info they have in their posts and they'll be inclined to follow along and then start engaging That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's important that, you know, you have to put time into the engagement and it's not just about posting content because pretty pages are nice and everyone wants to have a lot of followers, but what does it matter if they're not actually engaging with your content? There's not really a point, right? Yeah. I, people that are all about, oh, I have like X amount of followers. It's like, cool, but what's your engagement rate? Because a lot of times people are like buying followers or they're just getting these followers that aren't high quality in the sense that they aren't ever going to buy from you or engage with you in any way. And so they're just taking up space on your page. And Instagram actually punishes you based on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not about a quick getting like your followers up quickly. It's really about just like growing an authentic following that's actually interested in what you're talking. Right. So a smaller audience that's more engaged is actually going to be better for your business, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that's important because I think you hear about these growth strategies, like the follow unfollow way of doing it, or you could buy followers or get involved in a big giveaway. And maybe just if people aren't familiar, follow unfollow is just when you go to a bunch of accounts and you follow all these people and then maybe you can check and see who didn't follow you back then you unfollow them so it's kind of like I don't know what you call that but it's just it's not that effective and then you can also just straight up buy followers but those are usually you're buying bot followers right so it's all these fake accounts and they're not real people so they're not really going to be engaging with your account and then can you explain kind of the the whole giveaway method and does that actually work is that a good way for people to grow their account so the giveaway method is tricky i would only really participate in one if it's with another like if it's one account or multiple accounts that you know their audiences are really similar to your ideal audience okay that can be effective because you're just getting your name pushed out to a bunch of people that you would ideally like to work with or would like you think would be interested in the kind of stuff that you are providing. If it's just like a big general giveaway that really has nothing to do with what you're doing, your industry, it's not going to reach your target audience. There's no point in signing up for that. You're just going to get like an influx of followers that are all just going to drop off after mm-hmm. the giveaway ends. So um, it's just, you just need to be mindful of who you're teaming up with. If it's a If it's someone that fits like your ideal audience, then yeah, of course, why not? Like, it's just another way to get your name out there. But otherwise, I would stay away from them. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So my last question, this is the question that I actually get usually in the beginning when I'm working with somebody. And I'll be honest, I'm not that good at giving them the response because I think it's very hard. But the question is, 
say you're starting off um, in your own consulting or basically your professional brand is very intermixed with your personal brand. People always wonder, should I have a personal account and a business account? Should I do both of it in one? Uh, what kind of advice do you have for people? I would separate your personal account from your business account, just because if you don't, you're going to feel really trapped with what you can post on your business account when you're not it's just not going to be fun for you because you're going to have, you know, a night out with your friends or, you know, a picture of like your kids or something. And that's just not going to really fit well on your business account. So I would definitely have the two separate. However, I think it is important on your business account to share glimpses into your personal life so that you can show people, you know, that you are human and not just like this face that is just, you know, spitting out facts and wanting to sell things. So separating the accounts, but definitely showing your more human personal side on your business account will create a more authentic connection um, and hopefully lead to more sales. Yeah. And I think that that's really good advice. And I think that that's, it's hard to do in practice because I think a lot of my clients, you know, if they're starting out or even, even if they're not starting out and they're very, you know, more established, they still have the same problem because it's like people know them and then their business, I feel like. So it's kind of hard because you can have your personal and your professional account, but that's just, you know, double the time. And so I think that kind of turns people off because then they're thinking, oh my gosh, it's hard enough managing one Instagram and now I have to manage two. But I think down the road, I think that your way is the right way to do it because you're just going to be having two different audiences, you know? It's just, it's a slow process. And like, if you already have built up one profile that feels like it doubles as your personal and your business, mm-hmm. all you really have to do is be like, hey, um, if you're wanting more business tips related to this, I'm migrating to this new page and I'd love to have you follow me there. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, that the people going there are already, it's a warm audience. They mm-hmm. were already interested and they're just going to follow and learn more. And then it's just you continuing to put effort into your content strategy and into that page to slowly continue to grow it with, um, with your ideal client. And if you're wanting to give off a more personable approach, you can like brand your business Instagram to make it feel like it's just your personal Instagram, but you don't necessarily have to show every, you know, inch of it, you know, like if yeah. I wanted to, like my Instagram is Hanson, at Hanson Collective for my business. If I wanted it to feel more personal, I could call it, you know, like Sarah on social or something like that and give it like a personal feel by adding my name, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily having to show them everything about my everyday life. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a good idea. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for all of your advice and your tips. I'm so grateful for your time. And I hope that this has been very helpful for anyone listening. Somebody wants to know more about how they can get in touch with you, learn more about your services. And I know that you've also started a membership program. So can you kind of give information about that and where people can uh, contact you? Yeah, so I do practice what I preach and you can find pretty much everything about me on my Instagram page, which would be at Hanson Collective, H-A-N-S-E-N, and then Collective. Um, And then you can also just go to my website, www.hansoncollective.com. That'll give you all the info about my social media agency, um, as well as a link to an inquiry form if you're interested in learning more or talking more about. So the membership program is like um, a monthly membership and you will get a monthly workbook that is, you know, over the topic of the month. So the workbook 
is about 17 to 20 pages long. And then you also will get access to the private community um, where I'm posting every day. We're having discussions, some membership levels. There's a mastermind group, so you can join other business owners. And we talk specifically every week about their social media strategies and just collaborate that way. And then there's an the top level, you can also do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me on top of all of that. Okay, wonderful. Well, I've taken a look at it and it looks so valuable and a very good resource for people to check out. So thank you, Sarah, so much for being here again. And thank you guys also so much for listening. And I hope that you found a lot of value in this episode and we'll be back next week.